Grace, mercy, and peace be unto you from God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Do you remember hiding things from your parents when you were little? How did it make you feel? Did you feel guilty? When you hid things from your parents, did you have a better relationship with them? Or was it worse? That thing that you tried to hide, it actually built a wall in your relationship. And it became more distant. The same thing goes for married people and any relationship, really. When there is something that you deliberately hide from the other person, a distance is created between you, between the two of you. I can remember back when I was in high school, I did things that were wrong. I remember how doing those things made me feel. They did not make me feel bigger, stronger, or closer to the people that I loved. No, the things that I did made me feel smaller, weaker, and farther away from the people that I loved. The things that I tried so hard to hide from my parents, they created discord in our relationship. I was breaking the law, I was breaking their rules, and I was breaking God's law. And I was hiding my actions, at least trying to, from all three. I was feeling terrible, and I think my parents were feeling terrible as well. We fought a lot during that time. And I remember one night when it all finally came to a head. A family friend had brought me home, drove me home past my curfew. She woke up my mother to inform her that I was home. It was a very awkward reunion. I was exposed, and I could do nothing but admit my wrongs and all the things that I had been doing. I remember shedding tears. I remember a hug. I remember my car being taken away for an entire month except for work. And I remember being fine with that punishment. I remember I, I wanted to stop the way that I was living. But I was powerless to do so. And I remember being glad that my relationship with my parents was recovering. And I no longer felt so alone. The Bible says that whoever conceals his transgression will not prosper, but he who confesses and forsakes them will obtain mercy. In my case, it felt good when my sins were exposed. Not the immediate, there was a lot of fear. But it was such a weight on me to try and hide them. I hated what I was doing, and I wasn't sure how to stop or how to live without the sins that I was trying to hide. When my parents found out, I was actually comforted by not being allowed to go out on the weekends for an entire month. I was safe, and I was with the people that cared for me. You know, my mom and dad, they wanted to forgive me. 
They wanted to have mercy on me because they wanted a restored relationship with me. They were not happy with me, and I re- they were not happy with me, and I received severe punishment. But I was safe and sound with my family. Trying to hide our sins from our Heavenly Father is just, is, Father, is just as when we try to hide our sins from other people. It's the same type of thing. The only difference is, is that it makes no sense. Because <laughs> he can see, he knows all things. If we try to hide a sin long enough, it will give us cold hearts. And our relationship with others and with God, it will become non-existent. We may come to God's house every week. We may eat of his food at the Lord's Supper. But we will feel alone. I lived under my parents' roof the whole time that I was doing wrong. But I was a stranger to them. And we make ourselves strangers to God when we try to hide our sins from him or when we don't acknowledge them. We will not prosper when we hide our sins. Are you hiding any sins from God this evening? When you pray, forgive us our trespasses. To your heavenly Father, are there things that you're holding back or that you try to conceal? Maybe you're not sure how to live without them. But trust me, those things that you're holding back, they are not your friends. They keep you from your parents, your friends, your significant other, your spouse, your children, and most importantly, they keep you from your Heavenly Father. Confess, forsake those things, Receive mercy. God gives you his mercy through his son. Our heavenly father has already forgiven you for those things. By Jesus' sacrifice. That's how bad he desires a restored relationship with you. He doesn't want to be this distance between you and he. And if you ever have a hard time that God could truly forgive you for what you've done, thanks be to God he gives us pastors that point us to the forgiveness that flows from the cross. I have used all of my pastors, all of them, the tall ones, the short ones, the weird ones. There were some weird ones, the cool ones, few and far between. (laughs) the young ones and the old ones. I've used them all. I needed them to tell me that because of Jesus' death and resurrection on the cross, even my sin is forgiven. I needed to hear God's word through his servant. I forgive you all your sins, even that sin. As Christians... We not only apologize to God, who desires to forgive us. God wants nothing more than to forgive you. He commands you to pray it in the Lord's Prayer. 
but we also apologize to our neighbor whom we've hurt or harmed. Our neighbor may not desire to forgive us as our God does. And that's out of our control. We can't control their response. And you know what? We understand when they don't forgive us. And we love them anyway because God loved us in Jesus. Now it should be noted here, I want to explain this for, uh, for common sense purposes. There may be someone that you have sinned against in your thoughts with any outward action that they are aware of. It is not always necessary to confess those sins to your neighbor, but rather to God privately or, or to God with your pastor. Confessing some thoughts may cause unneeded separation between you and another, which is not really necessary after the sin has been covered in Christ's blood. I just wanted to throw that out there. But lastly, as a forgiven child of God, we want to forgive others. One who believes that he or she is forgiven cannot withhold forgiveness from others. Sure, it is true that, that the, person who had, the person may have done serious, terrible things to you, and there is no excuse for what they've done. They don't deserve forgiveness, but it should also be noted that neither did we. And yet here we are, forgiven. St. Paul Wright wrote, Do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God by whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and slander, slanders when we talk badly about somebody else, put those things far from you, along with all malice. Be kind to one another, tender-hearted, forgiving one another as God in Christ forgave you. Now, this does not mean that you have to continue in an abusive relationship after somebody says they're sorry. No, if you're being abused, it is a good thing to step out of the reach of the abuser's arms. But you forgive that person, and you pray that they would know God's forgiveness. You do not wish hell for them, but rather repentance and forgiveness. You want them to know what it's like to have a restored relationship with God. In the Lord's Prayer, Jesus actually has us pray for the ability to forgive. By tying our desire for forgiveness with our forgiveness of others, he has us praying He has has us praying for him to help us to forgive our neighbor. Every single time we ask for forgiveness, we're also asking, help me forgive my neighbor. He has us pray, forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. This is so important to Jesus. Believe it or not, 
that when we withhold forgiveness, it actually shows that we never really believed in God's forgiveness for ourselves. The unmerciful servant in our gospel received forgiveness from the debt that he owed, a debt that he could have never paid back no, many, no matter how many lifetimes he would have. Uh, I don't, we don't believe in reincarnation, but he could never pay this debt back. But after receiving this forgiveness, he withheld it from someone who had a much smaller debt with him. He actually choked that person that owed him, demanding retribution. I don't know if you can picture that. If you've ever actually seen someone choking another person. But this is serious. He's enraged. He's desperate. He's, he's filled to the brim with, what can I do? I believe full-heartedly that this man still wanted to pay back his debt. In other words, he wanted to be saved by his works. His actions did not show the spirit of someone who is forgiven. He didn't show the spirit of someone who was living under grace. He showed the spirit of someone who's living under the law. Works of the law justify no one. The master who had forgiven him punished that man in Jesus' story. Let's listen to the last part of that story. Then his master summoned him and said to him, You wicked servant, I forgave you all the debt because you pleaded with me and should not you have had mercy on your fellow servant as I had mercy on you? And in his anger, his master delivered him to the jailers until he should pay all his debt. And remember, this would never happen. No way could he get back what he owed. Then Jesus applies this story to our lives. He says, so also my heavenly Father will do to every one of you if you do not forgive your brother from your heart. It is not okay for a Christian to withhold forgiveness. That's a sin that needs to be dealt with if our relationship with our Father is to remain restored. If you are in a situation where you feel as though you cannot forgive, I totally understand. I've been there before, even as a pastor. And how I handled that was to continually pray, Lord, take away all anger that I have towards this person. I want to forgive them as you've forgiven me. Take away these feelings of ill. It didn't happen overnight, but I can tell you God answered that prayer. And he will answer it for you as well. This is how it works. Like when, when my parents restored their relationship with me back in high school, 
I was not alone in my parents' house. It wasn't just me and mom and dad. I was with my brothers as well. My parents always said that they loved my brothers the exact same amount that they loved me. And for that reason, they not only wanted my relationship restored with between my mom and dad and I, but also for it to be restored between me and my brothers. If I was mean or unforgiving to my brothers, that would go against my, my parents' wishes. I would not only be hurting my relationship with my brothers, I would also be hurting my relationship with my parents. When a parent's child hurts, the parent hurts. When my brothers hurt, my parents hurt. Our Heavenly Father not only created you, not only sent Jesus to die for your sin, that person that hurt you, that sin was paid for on the cross as well. It's a hard thing to wrap your mind around. But remember in Romans 5 it says that God showed his love in that he sent his son to die for his enemies. That's you and me. That's the person that hurt you. All of our sins have been paid for on that cross. Jesus is like our big brother that took the punishment for all of the younger children. In his case, it says that we've been adopted. And some of the children of this world do not know our Father wants a restored relationship with them. If we, who are already restored, act as if we are not, our younger siblings will never want to know our Father. In the fifth petition, Jesus has us pray for a restored relationship with him and with each other. He has us pray not only for a restored person. In other words, it's not just for me, but also for a restored family. And now the peace that surpasses all understanding. Guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus until he returns for you. Amen.